This all started in museums and galleries. Now it's in classrooms, in country towns. This should not be here. It's a human being in a box. This is the stuff of empires. There is a great betrayal. We're not slaves, we're African. It's the stuff the British stole. I just don't believe that. It just does not stand up. From ABC Australia and CBC Podcasts, six brand new podcast episodes for free worldwide, available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Let's play a romantic comedy plot Mad Libs. Two people meet at a bookstore. They fall in love, get married, and move into a mansion with an unlimited design budget. Nine months later, a baby comes along. There's a makeover montage, a three-carat engagement ring, and a missed flight. Real life doesn't really look like rom-coms, does it? I mean, especially not these days. Dating scene is tricky. A lot of it's online. Houses are increasingly unaffordable. And the road to parenthood, especially when it comes to something like fertility, not always straightforward. A new short comedy series on Craves take a name at all that. It's called Nesting, and in it, best friends Rosa and Anna try to pave a different path. They're best friends, they decide to try and get pregnant at the same time and co-parent their babies together. All the while, they're trying to figure out how to get a mortgage, some financial security, and a baby daddy. And Nesting is a really funny show, but it also touches on some real-life challenges that a lot of people, especially in their 20s to 40s, are facing these days. I spoke with the creators and stars of the show, Anna Hardwick and Rosa Laborde. How are you? Hi. We love that intro. Oh, oh good. God, it's oh. so true. It's everything that we were raised on to believe was how life was supposed to be. What do you mean? The the romantic comedy ideal. Yeah. The dream of what life looks like and a picket fence. And I think that that was so much of what we were trying to pull apart. Love looks differently than you might think it does. There was a moment, right, Anna? There was a moment that like, something happened at an engagement party I was reading. <laughs> yeah, we were at our dear friend's engagement party, okay. and we were both single. We had both been recovering from terrible breakups. And we looked at each other and wondered, when will this ever happen? We both longed to be mothers, and we felt our biological clocks ticking. Right. And we were the last of our friends to settle down. And then we realized, you know what? We actually love each other as a deep, deep friendship, this could work. We could perhaps co-parent together. We've always got that option. And then we realized, you know what? It's a great idea for a show. <laughs> <laughs> and the name Nesting just came immediately. And it just, it felt absolutely organic to pursue this. When you say it was a good idea for a show, like what, what, was, what was behind that? Is it because you, you knew people that were going through that kind of thing? Is it because, I mean, what, what was on your mind that made you think it would make a good idea for a show? Well, what could possibly go wrong? Like two gals, you know, driven by hormones, yeah. wanting to get together and, and create a family. I mean, there's endless comic potential there. Mm -hmm. And then we also were exposed to lots of different alternative families in our milieu and our surrounding in our own lives, mm -hmm. different ways of building a family through adoption, through donor, through um, communal living, through uh, queer couples, straight mm -hmm. couples. So yeah, it was. It felt actually really relevant 
to sort of dismantle what I call the marriage industrial complex, this idea that you have to have everything in place in this perfect nuclear family way in order to find happiness. I'm, I'm, Russell, my, my guess would be that you would have realized that there probably would have been an audience for this kind of thing, given that so many people are going through this right now. A hundred percent. And I think we honestly felt that we were the audience for that. And we wanted that kind of story told. Um, and where we found the comedy in it and why we thought, oh, this would be a great idea for a show that people would see is that they're very different. They're very different characters. Yeah. We're very different characters. How do you do that? And we've seen so many relationship stories with couples struggling, but I love a relationship story about a friendship deepening because you have to keep growing to keep a friendship vibrant. It is uh, very strange to have you both here and talking to you sort of in a more normal way, given that you would like <laughs> the characters in the show are also your names. I know. Well, <laughs> I know. and we thought when we first, I remember the day Anna was reminding me of the day. It was like, we should just call them Rosa and Anna. And we thought that was hilarious. We thought it was so funny and it would be such a great opportunity to make fun of ourselves and get so vulnerable and, and you know, really take out the parts of ourselves that that are, you know, imperfect. Um, and then as we got closer to production, we went, oh, we named the characters after ourselves. <laughs> what a strange yeah. <laughs> decision. Like you're, you're in scenes, one another calling each other by your true name. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. I do think of Meta Anna as as a different character. Like I had to get into character. Yes, there's many similarities. It's deeply inspired by us. But I still feel like there's an Anna and then there's an Anna. I know this sounds very bizarre, but it's true. Mm -hmm. There's a Rosa and there's a Rosa. It's 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 uh it's very strange. I'm, I'm still I'm still I, I feel like I'm I'm trying to separate the characters which from the people I'm talking. Yeah, I'm trying to figure in? out which, which reality <laughs> I'm in right now. Well, maybe the better way to do that is to listen to a clip from the show. Just take a listen to this. We bonded and we've been best friends ever since. Now we're both recently single. Out of some bad relationships. The point is we both always wanted to be mothers, but we don't want to do it alone. We love each other. You know, but time is ticking, so why not do it together? But adoption is super complicated and buying sperm is... Oh, we don't want that because... We want a dad in the picture. You'd be very much involved. Definitely. But we can't have actual sex with you because... It could get complicated. Rosa, tell me a little bit about what's happening in that clip. Well, <laughs> Anna and Rosa have uh, again, gotten a again the real names. <laughs> again, the real names of the people I'm talking to. Okay, keep going. That's good. That's good. Anna and Rosa have gotten a co-parenting app, and the truth about real Rosa and you know fictional Rosa is that technology is not my jam. Right. Like it's just not 100 percent my thing. But the truth about real Anna is that social media and especially dating app addictions, was a, was a real thing. And so she could spiral, and mm -hmm. I just am not really on it mm -hmm. enough. So Rosa was given the task of setting up the co-parenting app and then setting up meetings to find our baby daddy. Mm -hmm. And so we're there with the best of intentions to meet one of our first candidates, and we are really, we feel, selling ourselves, pitching ourselves as amazing baby mamas. Mm -hmm to a man who thinks that he is on a date for a threesome because Rosa should not ever be the person to set anyone up on any app at all. What, what was behind the part of the plot that um, that's not just about the, the two of you trying to figure out ways to start a family together, but also the search for the right person to start that family with? 
Well, I think it it comes from an authentic place that we did want. um, We have examples of these beautiful families that are um, more divergent, where there is a donor father involved, but also playing a fatherly role. Um, We also had explored all options. I mean, I personally did. I I certainly um, did all the training to adopt as a single mother, but I was told that I couldn't do it with the living situation I was in with a small condo. I needed an extra bedroom. So all of that's true. Like the complication of adopting as a single freelancer, the desire to not just um, buy sperm and have an anonymous donor, learning how important it is for a child to understand their origin story and have um, someone involved that might be a father figure. It all came from a very authentic place. And then the the comedy is is there because we're unaware of of actually how to execute this this plan. I'm um, I'm I'm not in the business of of getting you to talk about anything you don't want to talk about, but I hadn't I hadn't really considered that that some of some of these these stories or the story structures or some of the things that you touch on in the show might be based on your own authentic sort of things you've gone through in your own lives. Well, they are very much so. I, I certainly pursued uh, single motherhood by choice. Um, for for many years, and and when I seriously was at the cusp of doing that, I actually met um, a partner, right. and and I'm, I'm building a family now. Right. So it, it it was really a, a lesson in um, opening up my mind and moving away from this desire for what I thought was was the way it should be, and learning that um, my community, my friends, my my girlfriends that surrounded me were actually going to be the village. And that's what the show's about. We'll be right back. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Did you talk to folks who have more, you know, say, uh, less conventional, you know, family situations? Absolutely, uh, and and definitely. Um, and I was at a different place in my journey when Anna and I began the journey together. We were both in the same boat. We were single and really looking for this partnership. Yeah. And then I kind of gave up earlier. In a sense, I never online dated. I found it really scary because I'm bad at those kinds of things. And I had a gay couple that I really adored and was like they and had spoken to them about if I wanted to have a child, would I go down that route? And then I did end up meeting a partner and I have a three-year-old and, you know, things turned out. But it also comes out of a place of going, I'm going to put my desire out there, what I want and then that couple since has had a like really bad breakup. So I think it kind of worked out how it was supposed to. Um, but definitely, and we have definitely many single mothers by choice in our lives, different queer couples with different yeah. donor parents. So it's, yeah. it's it's an interesting thing, and and and, and, and take this in the best way possible because I mean it in a, in the best way possible. Conversations around fertility, conversations around family structure, and conversations around the housing 
crisis because another part of this show I mean we've been talking sort of the the, the parenthood aspect of it uh, part of it that I could really relate to was just living in Toronto trying to figure out how you could possibly afford afford somewhere to live all of these things could be explored in sort of a drama way and when I went through your IMDBs um, there's a lot of drama in your in, in your background both in, in in writing and in acting why was a comedy the right way to do this it's just so much fun and I think that because the story comes out of actual pain like because there is a struggle in there there's a longing in there for something what got us through as friends and as collaborators is being able to make fun of it being able to laugh about it and in that sense giving space so that people don't feel alone in it like it doesn't have to be this shameful thing it's okay to say I want this it hasn't happened yet how do I do it is there another way so, uh, and, and have you spoken to people? Have you showed the show to people, like those those people in your life who you were drawing inspiration from? Well, a lot of it, I have to say, is so personal. Yeah. Like every character that we meet mm-hmm. on these dates mm-hmm. that as we try to find a willing and, and able partner in this endeavor to build a family is from actual experiences that we've been on, like dates or... The good-looking inter- mortgage broker? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good-looking mortgage broker who makes me feel really bad about my choices. <laughs> I've never had that. I've had that. <laughs> but... I mean, you're wondering about what is the reaction to people that we are trying to portray. And in some ways, it's not so far from our immediate circle Mm -hmm. and or our immediate experiences. So it's not like we're kind of like, ooh, uh, here's a community. Let's, Let's depict them and let's see what their reaction is. It's been very much a personal journey of our own excavation. And then hopefully we resonate with people in this situation. I I want people to feel less lonely and mm-hmm. to feel to feel seen in in the in the wilds of dating yeah. now. Yeah. It's rough out there. It's eh? rough out there. Yeah. The apps are the apps are rough. I yeah, oh. my understanding is. Oh, know, pretty... I must have gone on five hundred online dates. I'm tired. That's a lot. Oh, it was my job. I mean, that's what Anna and Anna have in common. Right. And and you were similarly that you were just using a Microsoft Excel document and not really knowing. I hundred percent had no idea. I was just like, where did you meet people? I met people at like the bus stop. Yeah, you were using like... an abacus. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yep. I'm swiping right, but it I was always like why are you on these apps? I just go to the pool in my polka dot bikini and then I have a boyfriend. Okay, okay. Well, I would say you could meet people. It wasn't always the right people, you know, but... I, I think um, I, I, I'm talking to you a few days before Nesting is released and it's coming out right before the holidays and it, and it made us think a little bit about some of the uncomfortable conversations people have around family planning and com- some of the conversations that people have around fertility um, during the holidays. You know, you go home for Christmas and someone's asking you, you know, when am I getting a grandchild? Or like, why haven't you met somebody yet? Or single again? Hey, you know, these are all so like, um, is that on your mind you know, this this time of year? Thinking about the people who who may need to see a show like this during this time of year? Absolutely. I think any opportunity to share love and spread love and joy around this these topics that can be so fraught mm-hmm. and cause so much anxiety mm-hmm. and the thought of am I not okay? Is something wrong with me? that I haven't achieved what I meant to have achieved. The, so the, the, the feeling you were sort of having at the engagement party, which spurred this thing, wasn't just, um, oh, wouldn't this be a funny idea for a show? It was sort of sh- shame? Like you were like, well, what's like, 
it's a, it's an unfortunate shame, and it's an unfortunate guilt. But it was sort of like, what's wrong with me? Why have why don't I have the thing that everyone else has? Absolutely, I think that it's kind of drilled into people this sense that it's it's um, some kind of moral failing that that somehow it's a character flaw that you have not found the person who just loves you. Uh, as you are. And that's what the show is really about. Anna and Rosa, despite their differences, despite the ways they might like irk each other, truly love each other as they are. And that's an okay thing to want in your life. And it's actually an okay thing to expect. You don't need to be perfect to be loved. You don't need to be perfect to make a family. You can just be you. And what do you hope people who are watching this during the holidays might be seeing in the show? Oh, I don't want them to feel like I felt when I go home at Christmas time. And I remember having to leave the dining room like in tears once, you know, my sister was pregnant and there was all this celebration around that. And I had just gone through a horrible breakup. And and I, I just remember feeling grief and sorrow. And at that time, when you are longing, you're also driven by your hormones, um, you're you're in this very finite time of fertility as a woman, and you're driven by your hormones at a time where you're also have to you also have to be driven by your career. It's mm-hmm. a very weird time to be alive, mm-hmm. and I don't want feel, people to feel alone like I felt over the holidays at times. I think it's a real gift to people because I've never really seen a show like this. I've never really seen a show that tells this kind of story. But personally, I do know so many people in, in, in this situation and who, who find themselves in, in either uncomfortable family dynamics or pursuing an unconventional family dynamic for whatever reason. It's nice, to, it's nice to see them reflected on the show. So congratulations to the two of you. Thanks for coming in. Yay. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. Anna Hardwick and Rosa Laborde are the creators and stars of the new short comedy series, Nesting. All eight episodes of Nesting are out tomorrow on on Crave. And I want to mention that these episodes are like eight minutes long. Like, you can just kill the whole season in like an afternoon, like an hour sitting down. Well worth your time, well worth watching. Go check that out. Uh, Speaking of great TV, I made made quite a claim in the other conversation uh, that we put up today is I talked, we talked to Jeremy Allen White, one of the biggest actors in the world right now. Uh, He's in this new movie called The Iron Claw, which is excellent. He's also Carmi on the TV show The Bear. I'm gonna say this, I'm not a picks guy. I don't like, I'm not, a, I'm more of a fingerstyle guy. <laughs> I'm just joking around. I'm not much of a picks guy, but um, I think that The Bear is the best TV show of the year. And I'm so grateful to have Jeremy on to talk a little bit about it. All right, go check that out wherever you got this podcast. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.